and welcome to the Two Medics Addendum, brought to you by Dr. Imran Lasker and Rusha Goodwadner. Hi, welcome to the Two Medics podcast. Um, so my name is uh, Thrusha Gunawardner. I am a cardiology registrar with an interest in intervention. And my name is uh, Imran Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. Well, this is quite the other topsy-turvy. It feels weird, actually. It feels weird. You know, I know that <laughs> I know you, I, for the sake of balance, you wanted me to introduce the episode, but I guess, and the fact that we're doing an addendum, this is strange. This is, you know, there's people couldn't get enough, so we're, we're doing more. Is that what this is or what's going on? Well, yeah, I mean, look, we, we were, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot happened. A lot happened this week. Yeah, so much true. happened and so much happened after our initial recording. We just, I mean, we talked to each other. We thought, what are we going to do? Because, you know, a lot of people are saying, I can't wait for this week's episode. I can't wait for this week's episode. And it's like, yeah, but it wasn't as big as it became when we did the yeah. recording. I feel like it is an injustice to leave it for another week. We probably should do something. And quite rightly, someone said, you're probably going to be up on the weekend recording <laughs> this. And, and here we are. We're we up are. on the weekend yeah. <laughs> recording this episode. How did it go down with Rabia? Because I've got to say, it didn't go down uh, uh, tip top with Joe. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, no, she was fine. She completely. Oh, cool. Right. Yeah, well, yeah so was Joe. Joe. Yeah, Joe was fine as well. She's very supportive. She supports well, me in every endeavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now you're now you're in trouble. You're going to the doghouse, mate. Oh, um, yeah. No, it's been it's been crazy, and I think like we just felt as though you know we had a wonderful episode with Hannah, and um, you so know good. I, we were so so lucky to have her on. And I think this one been the one of the best things about having this podcast. We're getting to meet loads of different people, and in fact, through shows, you know, I met a med Twitter person in in person the other day. Like I actually met up with Farbod for yeah. for dinner, which is quite nice, and. Um, I didn't even, you know, I, I was thinking, is this going to be weird? You know, how's it going to be? And actually, yeah. it was really, really lovely. It was really lovely. I had a really lovely oh, meal. Oh, man. But the thing so, is, um, that we've obviously still kept kind of groups with the people that we've had on the show. And you, you and Russell were talking about being up for dinner. And I was like, yeah, but you know, like anxiety and stuff, though. Like, <laughs> or... <laughs> You're such a flaker, man. I'm still waiting for you to tell us, when are you free? Are you willing to come down? And just leaving us hanging. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, poor us. I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you guys a Teams invite. Don't worry, don't worry. I'll send yeah, you of course, of course, of course. <laughs> so, okay, Thrusha, okay. Well, why are we back? What, what is going on? Why are we back again on what feels like an extra episode? What's happened? Yeah, I know. Well, like to put people in the picture, when we were recording the last episode with the inimitable uh, Hannah, I think I'd literally just sent a, the tweets about... Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a kind of quote tweet of Tech Priest, which was the I am Philip Lee thing. And then things just seemed to just go on from there. So this was in response to Phil Lee kind of deleting his account. Uh, oh no, going private and essentially just kind of deactivating his account because of a response from a person with um, a cup of milk on their profile, um, challenging his sentiment on wearing masks. And then the GMC's response, which was basically to send a fairly generic looking message, to be fair, uh, saying mm. this is how you report a doctor if you have concerns. And so we kind of, at the time, we were upset. Right? We, we were like, uh, because, you know, feel like, we're like, oh, the GMC got involved. This, I mean, this is anxiety provoking, right? Is that, mm. I mean, that's. I mean, the thing is, like, I think with these things, it always feels like a combination of a lot of things. Like, we're upset about lots and lots of things, and then 
there's like what was it the straw that breaks the camel back camel's back or something that something happens yeah. and it just completely explodes and so we're already ha i mean we're a lot of us already feel like you know um there's a bit of racism that exists and then there was that news article that came out about that urologist who got done and it was proven you know apparently proved allegedly proven that you know there was some race element to the entire case and then out of the blue allegedly you know, allegedly allegedly, allegedly, allegedy, allegedly. allegedly. come on <laughs> Exactly. And then uh, out of the blue, like Phil has his altercation with someone who's got the, you know, uh, for those who don't know, the milk, uh, the milk sign on anyone's profile picture essentially means that you're, you're, you've got a white supremacist um, inclinations because of the idea that they've got, um, they think that they are genetically or, you know, superior because they're, they can have milk. Whereas a lot of brown people such as myself are, are actually lactose intolerant. Are you? And so no I am. Yeah. Well, it, you know, that's a story in itself. Like I, I used to drink <laughs> a lot of milk. Yeah. Honestly, like I used to. Uh, this is how much. This is how great of a doctor I really am, right? So I used to drink a lot of milk because you know we go to the gym and it was a good source of protein. And I, I, I used to have a bad tummy, but I never. And I used to feel really sick after, but I never really thought much about it. And then, um, literally, I was probably an ST three or four of radiology, and a guy walks in. He sits down, drinking a, a pint of milk, and I said, "Listen, mate, do you really want to be drinking a pint of milk? Like, is isn't that going to mess up your stomach?" And he sits down and goes, "Have you ever thought that you might be lactose intolerant?" And I thought, "That's a good point." And then suddenly, you know, like everything aligned. Every all the yogurts, all the milk I've been drinking, all the milkshakes, all of it suddenly made sense, and I gave it a go. And yeah, lo and behold, he was right. I didn't have those problems so anymore after having. So what do you uh, drink? You know, lactose-free milk. Yeah, lactose-free uh, milk. I, I tried soy and all that stuff is rubbish. So I went for the lactose-free milk. I occasionally have oat milk in my coffee, but oh yeah, um, yeah, it's quite nice. But um, I guess the point really is that they they've got this they got this idea that they are genetically superior because they can drink milk, and some individuals can't drink milk. And so when the GMC sent out that very generic message saying that if you do want to complain about someone you go ahead by doing this 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 it it, hit, it was a straw that really hit, broke the camel's back because everyone's like oh hang on so you know you've got someone who's ethnic phil and you've gone and supported what looks like a a white supremacist account by saying that if you want to go if you want to go reporting you go ahead it upset a lot of people but mm. i didn't expect the reaction as big as it was because i mean you logged in right through so you saw what happened Oh my god. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. I know that some people kind of framed it as like I mean like a pylon because essentially um there were some quote tweets and stuff involved of that of the GMC thing, but actually a lot of it was just people changing their names, right? Mm. They changed their names and they're tweeting at each other, just treating kind of fairly generically. So um, mm. I'm not sure how fair it would be to call it a pylon if if that's uh, if that's what uh, people felt it was. Um and I just thought like Everyone is pretty much unified in the fact that there's something something wrong had happened, and I feel mm. like I mean, as you said, right? There's a number of different facets to this. Like one is we know that there are that when a person is being investigated by the GMC, it's stressful. It's stressful, mm. and there was a really nice tweet today. I think it was from. Um, uh, a colleague, a Trish from the BMJ, but she was uh, quote tweeting Claire Gerard's article in the BMJ, which mm. talked about her father who'd been uh, investigate or under investigation by the GMC, and she just talked about the correspondence he'd received. Did you see that tweet? Mm, um, I did. I read it. You sent it to me, and I, and oh, I read yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like the, the kind of it just it, it kind of gave the impression of kind of guilty until proven innocent in this way mm. that threatened and threatens a lot, you know, to a lot of us, like our job, yeah, um, you know. Uh, is important to us mm. and the that kind of threat of 
losing something that you kind of spent so much time and effort and kind of energy towards and then the feeling that that's something that just could be pulled away from you over something that perhaps is throwaway or because someone's taken a dislike to one thing that you said i mean it's mm. threatening and pe people have committed suicide over it right mm. so we uh, i think the part of the response was that kind of recognition that when the gmc gets involved like the stakes get high very quickly what do you think i mean am i i mean you know when the gmc get involved let's say the, let's say the gmc get involved right i immediately think this is gonna be a bad outcome I, i'm not thinking this is gonna go well for me i'm not thinking that they're gonna stand up for me i'm not thinking any of those things i'm thinking this is gonna this is bad this is really 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 bad like this is not gonna go well for me at all thankfully i haven't been in that situation but i know that if if that did happen to me the first thing I wouldn't be thinking like, okay, look, these guys have got my back. You know, it's yeah. going to be fine because I know I'm innocent, and you know, it's going to be fine. Even if I was innocent, I wouldn't be 100% comfortable knowing, thinking that they they're going to have my back on this. And with Clara Gerada's um, thing that you were talking about, it was interesting because she was talking. Um, I think she she was relaying some of the letters. Say so her father's uh, her father's letters were kind of very verbose, and there was lots of support from colleagues saying that you know, um, good guy, you know, works hard, looks after patients. But the replies coming back from the GMC were very one-worded, very, very sort yeah. of, um, you know, you are at risk of losing your, using your, losing your license to practice. You're at risk of losing your license. And it's like, you, you keep going to that level. Do you really need to go to that level? You know, can we not just sort of speak about what's really going on rather than having to, to go there? And that's the problem here, right? As soon as they're involved, you're expecting it to go to that level because they're the ones telling you that it could go to that level. I mean, do you, you know, when you, when you qualified, the things you hear about the GMC aren't, aren't things about support being supported. They aren't about having your back. It's about, yeah, you know, possibly getting struck off. And getting struck off would be devastating for anyone, for any, everyone that's got, you know, worked hard to get this level. We love our jobs. We, lo we love what we do. We've got other things to worry about, though. You've got bills to pay. You've got family to look after. And if you lose your GMC, then where do you go from there, you know? Yeah, totally. And that's why I, I can imagine, I can, I can very much understand, like, how someone can get so depressed from something like that, right? So, you know, with the, we, I mean, it was crazy. Like, we, we had the episode with Phil, and Phil, there was a few things that happened on the episode that almost kind of felt like a bit of a premonition to what was going to happen that week. First of all, he goes and meets Matt Hancock, doesn't want to shake the guy's hand, <gasps> elbows the guy's hand. Yeah, not a great week for him either. And <laughs> then, um, you know, and then he, and Phil said, look, as soon as social media is not fun, you know, it's like a game, and if it's, if it's not fun, I'm out, I'm done. And this, that's pretty much what happened. Like, it suddenly got serious very, very quickly. The GMC was involved, and he probably, th I mean, I, we don't know, like, we didn't ask him, we did ask him, are you okay? And he seemed fine, but he just said that he needed some time out. But I know that if I was there, I would have felt, I would have had that sentiment like, yeah, this ain't fun anymore. Yeah, yeah like, I'm, I'm just done, right? I mean, how, what do you think? Yeah, I think, to use another video game analogy, though, I think, um, you know that when you're playing a video game and if you're encountering bad guys um then you're probably going in the right direction and i think mm, like yeah. he he is um the stuff he says um it, it, whilst funny there is all this there's lots of like really important good messages in there and i i, f I feel like the thing is is that on the other side people were saying stuff along the lines of well this is probably just a comms person um, mm. And you know, like it was just kind. Of, but I think the thing is, is that that person will be paid for that role. Maybe not very well. Okay, fine. But that's their that's their job, right? They've got to be a bit more mm. careful. I mean, like we said, they don't respond to everyone. But mm. when they do, they they should 
I mean, it's an important when your response when your response is you get to report a doctor because of the implications of it. I think it mm. should be less of a generic response. I think it should mm. be more measured. And if it's the case that they can't do that, then they shouldn't have a Twitter account. I think because you know they're they're acting. You know, it, it, we're kind of held to a standard on Twitter. If they're holding Phil Lee to this standard on Twitter, so like, you mm. know, and or you can report a person because of how they behave. Well, in, by that very same extension, that whole organization should have a higher standard uh, applied to them, uh, I think. Well, I think like wh- whoever decided to do that probably didn't understand. Maybe yeah. we'd like to believe that they didn't understand the implications of what that really means to a doctor to say that, right? Like yeah. when you say that, that's that's a big deal right and we know that people get depressed people can get upset and you know the unfortunate circumstances where people are in the middle of being investigated you know they, they commit suicide i mean that's how serious there's, there's obviously like extremes to this but that's how serious these gmc things can get right so I, if someone's I, gonna say like i'm gonna support you I, i'm i'm going to report you then you got to understand uh, the implications that can have on someone's mental health like, of, of a doctor, and that's how serious that that really gets, right? I mean, we've all, I mean, you must have been in that situation where you're worried that you might get you might get you know reported for for something that may have happened. I mean, and it's not your fault, or and you just you just feel like okay, that's becoming stressful, don't you think? Because of the because the idea that this could go badly for you. I think it's good. I mean, in fairness. Fairly rapidly, there was um, Prof. Colin who applied on mm. from the GMC, right? And in yeah. some ways, I remember when I saw it, I was like, they even the cool thing was is that they were like, we're in contact with Phil Lee. Oh, that's great, that's good. Mm. And they said we've had some good conversations about how um, how we can interact uh, on social. I think how we can report uh, how, how reporting can occur, which I think mm. is also very positive. Which I think also makes a good part of an apology, which is where you mm. kind of discuss what you intend to do better. And also, mm. amazingly, was that he used the hashtag "I am mm. fully," which is essentially what everyone was doing on mid Twitter. Which mm. I mean, to me, made me think, "Wow, isn't that the?" power of like social media did you think that i mean what did you think? Uh, yes i did i mean i've never seen anything like that before not in not in the medical world right i mean have you like where yeah. everyone's got together that's i mean medtwit has had its differences hasn't it like we we argue with each other a lot and that's part of the fun i guess of medtwitter right but it's not often that you all almost unanimously agree on one subject right and i mean phil's got a big following we know that right but i guess that kind of just showed us like how how much you know, people looked up to look up to Phil, and even I yeah. saw that people who are pay, who are non-doctors were saying like, "I really like Phil because he made me less scared of doctors. He showed he showed they got a sense of humor and all this kind of stuff." And so there were people out there that were not medical who also liked Phil Phil's tweets, and so that kind of you know influence shouldn't be underestimated. And I think wholly it was a positive inf- it is and continues to be a positive influence. And yeah. so it was quite nice that the GM you know Prof Colin decided to use that hashtag to kind of almost a nod to to what med twitter has had collectively done which is support a colleague that we all look up to and try and make a difference and try and alert to the fact that if you're going to you know this is not the way to do things you know this is not the way to to go about you know treating your treating your doctors on social media and does it mean pylons are a good thing now <laughs> I mean that's the thing. I don't know if it was a pylon, right? Like I don't no, know. I mean, I didn't go check the GMC, and I didn't check the uh, where people were like going and sending hate towards them. But I know that it was almost it was almost as if everyone was virtually holding hands with one another and yeah, saying, 
you know what we're together on this one yes yeah. and also i saw you know like the whole kind of going the right way if you encounter baddies there were some of the kind of those uh, villainous accounts that <laughs> didn't didn't like it and they were like oh they saw another person change their name to Philly, and they're like oh not you as well and when you know that <laughs> you're acting contrarily to those villains then also virilis beginnings with v's um like v for vendetta uh <laughs> if you disagree if you're doing something that's contrary to what that person thinks that maybe you are actually going in the right direction so i think we're, yeah, all that's true. we're all aligned with being disaligned with that person awesome yeah yeah exactly and you know what was also nice is like you know everyone kind of rallied behind the hashtag right everyone yeah. kind of went behind the whole thing but there were people who were genuinely you know worried about phil and then they were you know saying look if anyone knows him personally can you pass on this message if anyone knows him personally pass on this message and we were doing that we we're doing as much as i could see we we're passing that along and um i mentioned on the last on the last podcast that when I started working, um, Phil and I had added each other on Facebook very, very quickly. And, um, you know, I went to his Facebook to see like whether he was okay. And he actually um, wrote this one out. And I, I really like what he wrote. So I'm going to read it out, hopefully. There's an old Chinese saying, a tree large enough will attract wind. To the friends who follow me on the other side, thank you for all your support. With you, we can weather any wind together. I will be back soon after a break. In the meantime, I'm still here. It's, it's nice what he said there, isn't it? Like he's, he's taken a break, he's fine. Um, and you know, he's really thankful for all the support that he's got. So that's really nice. Um, and I understand that his wife also, um, tweet, um, I don't follow his wife, but um, apparently his wife had also tweeted that he is fine. And from oh. us WhatsApping and stuff, like we know that he, he's actually fine, he's all right. So, um, you know, that's, that's really it, good. That it's been a positive, a positive outcome. Has anyone got any uh, WhatsApps for Matt Hancock or? <laughs> yeah coming on to that so i mean for me it feels like twitter's become a bit of a news a place where i get a lot of my news right it just seems like the headlines come to me sometimes even notifies me that hey by the way did you know about this headline you think mate that's what the bbc news for what are you doing twitter get out of my face but um it, i saw that i saw that picture right and i thought nah that ain't real you know, come on, man, like, or whatever. I mean, what did you think when you saw, when you saw that picture? When, yeah, oh, mate, that was so great. I was like, this can't be real. Like, the way his hand was on her bum. I was like, this, like, do people kiss like that? I don't realise. <laughs> and when people, like, talk about, like, heterosexuals being, like, you know, and being, like, cringe and stuff, I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. That kind of, like, <laughs> when, like, he was, like, kind of coming at her at, like, this kind of, like, 90-degree angle. Like, we have, our slots are, are kind of, uh, bits have to slot together like Jenga. And he kind of, like, turned around. I mean I was I mean first of all I thought that well I just thought that can't be real it's doctored yeah. it can't be real it just can't be and as the day went on and you through you I think you retweeted as I threw I even tweeted back at you as a through I think you need to just stop retweeting this because I think my eyes have had enough like, I can't take it and then and then and then someone went and sent the video out and I was like you know it's one of those things when the video comes out yeah, the video comes out and you think, I'm not watching that. Yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was so funny. It was so funny. Like, it was almost like, it felt like a comedy because he was like looking through the door as if yeah. his parents were just down the corridor. <laughs> yeah. My parents have gone to sleep. It's okay. Yeah. We can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yeah jenga it's time like, yeah oh, mate, it's no. like it's like when you watch like star star trek or star wars like two spaceships are like docking like prepare for engagement it's so uh, weird it's so strange oh my I god i mean the thing is like what was your initial reaction to that like what what did you think was going to happen from that you know when I you saw I, that you think yeah 
I thought I was going to realize it was real. When you realized oh. it was real, okay, of course, of course, on top of that, on top of the vomiting, <laughs> when you thought, okay, this is for real, like this really happened. You know, actually, what, what I next? thought, yeah. I actually thought, I was like, Tories plus four. Like, that's all that seems to happen. <laughs> I was like, nothing's going to happen, nothing is going to change. And, mm. But I was interested to know, like, uh, what is Boris Johnson going to say about this? Because obviously, this is something that he's very, like, like he's known for, isn't it? And so, mm. like, I was like, can he say anything about this without appearing like a total hypocrite? And mm. obviously, then he was like, I come out in support of him, which is entirely predictable. So I thought it was like mm. anything else, nothing was going to happen. So then. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, when I was thinking about it later, so I saw it, and, I, and in truth, I'll be honest, I thought. I don't really care. Like whatever, mate. Yeah, like, fair I mean, enough. you got you do what you got to do. This is just toilet, toilet news, whatever. Like, what do you? What's really going to happen? Like, he's got a job. Do the job. I don't really care. Um, you know, just like with Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Like he, you know, yeah. he had a mistress and stuff. And do I really care? No. Just deliver my stuff. Yeah. Let me watch my Prime yeah. TV. I don't really care what you get up to. So that's mm. that's kind of the feeling I had, right? And then, um, you know, I mean, because I don't feel like it really has much to do with his job. And then people are, like, oh, he's got to resign. And I was like, he's never going to resign over an affair. Like, who cares, right? And then. Then, you know, they were like, but he broke COVID rules. And I thought, okay, now you're talking, he's broke COVID rules. I mean, fair enough. Now, now, you, now you've got a leg to stand on. But I couldn't tell whether people are using the COVID rules as like an excuse to try and get rid of him. Or was it really, I mean, what, what was it? Because we had someone who broke the COVID rules not so long ago, didn't we? David Cummings. And not really much happened with that. Like it kind of just got brushed. So why did this not get brushed? Why did he suddenly feel like he needs to resign over this? Oh, well, I mean, that's like a really in-depth kind of insight into the kind of British psyche, isn't it? Because I guess mm. part of it will be the shadow of him cheating on his wife, even though apparently mm. that's something we don't care about because the Prime Minister does it. But then the other side of it <laughs> is the fact that there's a cronyism as well, isn't it? Because he got her mm. that job where she works like, what, like 10 hours a year and gets mm. 15 grand for it. And mm. it's like some weird, and, and you know, the fact that that's just blatantly corrupt. And then on top of that, it's compounded by him breaking the COVID rules that he pretty much is the one bleating out. And then if you factor in like the type, the, uh, the fact that when a Niall Prof Niall Ferguson he got caught didn't he seeing his mistress and then he came out and he was like I'm speechless oh it's a matter for the police it's like that I think number four like the icing on the cake this guy came out <laughs> and I was like thinking maybe he was speechless because he didn't want to incriminate himself but like mm. this at the same time it's like how can you come out and say that when you know that you're gonna go and like do like boss like it just seems ridiculous it's just yeah uh, i mean that's the thing isn't it i mean it shows a lot of hypocrisy so i don't think the issue really was i mean at the heart of it you've got um you know he's married with kids and we don't know what the relationship was really like whether happy unhappy whether this has been going on for a while whether this is the only for time or the first time we don't know any of that kind of stuff it's it's a shame because you know your idea of you know a family i guess would be that you, you stay married but you know it's like what is a british ideal anymore like what are we looking what are we looking for what do we think is normal and what are we looking at at our politicians for what do we what do we really expect them to be like so i was i still find it very weird when people you know like we'll find i mean uh, we, we've joked about it but you know we know that boris johnson may or may not have had allegedly may or may not have had you know extramarital affairs etc etc but what is our expectations of our politicians are we expecting honest people in terms of their personal life are we expecting to be honest people in their you know professional life and in truth i don't think we're expecting any of those things like anytime Anytime we see this, you know, let's say quotation mark corruption and cronyism, right? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. It doesn't It doesn't surprise me, right? Because like, what, what else do you really expect them to do? They're in positions of power, they've got their mates and they're gonna, they're gonna wield it. Like that's, that's what, true. what do you think? Yeah. Have you seen, have you seen Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand? Mm, 
No. Oh yes, of course. I mean, she's fantastic, isn't she? She's fantastic. I mean, that's that's what everyone wants. I think. I mean, we say that, but we're not voting for those kind of people, are we? I mean, the, I mean the, the people are getting voted in aren't those people. We're not, we're not voting in. We're not, we're not taking into consideration what kind of people they are because that actually is not what we are looking for. We're looking for people who are saying brash things about foreigners and immigration and all this kind of stuff. And that's what gets you votes. If, if it was such a big deal to have like, you know, a solid, uh, you know, a solid person that is, you know, or let's say of personal morality, then those are the things that we'd be voting in. But I don't know, man. I just think that sometimes we're expecting, we're kind of voting in certain things and expecting something else. And I just think, well, you know, what do we really want and where, where are we going with this? That, that's the kind of way I feel about politician stuff. And, and on the subject of cronyism, I guess, like I, I was talking to my wife about this actually, and I was saying, if... Like, let's say Matt Hancock was one of my best mates, right? And then I found out that he was cheating on his wife and kids. What would I do? Like, what would I do? Does that change my friendship with him? And I, at the time, I felt like I think it would. I think it would because then I wouldn't know because I'd feel bad that I'm friends with someone that is, you know, breaking up his family. There, there's a whole load of things that I would feel very bad for. And maybe I'm friends with the wife. But at the same time, like, if I was his friend and I knew that he was going through a really hard time and then this is the reason for him to, to go through that, then maybe I wouldn't be like that. Maybe I'd be like, listen, mate, look, you know, these things happen. Let's talk about it and stuff like that. So I'm just saying, like, um, it, it's it's interesting to see it from a tabloid point of view. It's interesting to see it from, like, you know, we're watching it as entertainment on some level. But sure. if you bring it down to a level, like, let, if this is someone that you knew. So with yeah. cronyism, this is something I always wonder as well. Like, there was a time when I think there was a guy called James Kahn and he was on Dragon's Den, right? Right. And he became some sort of ambassador for, you know, entrepreneurship uh, and entrepreneur apprenticeships and all that kind of thing. And he was really peddling the idea that um, don't give, don't, you know, give the silver spoon to your kids. OK, make them work for what they need to get to. Don't get, you know, it's not about just giving them what they want. He was really, really pushing it. And then it became apparent that he'd given his daughter a big job in his own company. Right. And so clearly the rules are slightly different when it's your own children. And uh, at the time, I mean, he had to resign that post. But I got where he was coming from because at the end of the day, we're, we're both dads, right? And it's hard not to not to try and do the best for your kids whatever way possible. So, you know, like me, you know, you doing you and you doing me, like you, you're, you're trying to tilt things towards your, your advantage to, or your kids' advantage because you care about them. And the same, same thing happens in, at work, don't you think? Like, it's, I know that when, I'm going to, when I see a consultant job coming up, you kind of almost have quite a good idea as to who, who that job is for. Right, you kind of know like who it is. It's going to be the locum. It's going to be the the trainee that they all like already. It's going to be someone that we already know. And you can call it cronyism and all those kind of things, but you you already know. And there are reasons why there's a good thing and a bad thing. And I know people get upset because when you're coming in from the outside, you're thinking, oh, I don't like it because I'm not having an equal run. But when it's you who's getting that advantage, when it's you who's getting that, you know, the advantage of cronyism, then like you know, you like to be like, all right, well, it is what it is. I'll just take whatever advantages I can. And so that's what I'm, I kind of just feel sometimes like with these politicians, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. They're all hanging out with each other. I mean, who else are going to give the jobs to? What, what do you think is going to happen? I think, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, let's use that analogy, right? And let, let's mm. change it. Let's flip it around a little bit. So say, for example, mm. if you're trying to... So like, but he was looking after the health service, right? He was responsible mm. for that. So let's think of something that's important to you. Say if you yeah. found, found someone to look after your kids, and mm. you and they you told that person you can take uh, that, that person that you um, they would go and take their wage out of your wallet 
right? Mm. So they just they pay themselves how much, how much because that's essentially what politicians do, isn't it? They, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they take, so they take money out of your wallet, and then that person decided that they were going to get employ someone else to help them, uh, and they they take some more money out of your wallet to pay that person. But actually, they just employed that other person to help look after your kids. But really, what they were doing instead of looking after your kids was boffing each other. Um, <laughs> so they employed that. Well, since you put it like that, since you put it like that, through <laughs> it, it looks kind of bad, doesn't it? When they're supposed yeah. to be looking after your kids, or you know, finding PPE or whatever, they're just boffing each other. And you know, he took her, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he took her to like the G the G seven summit, isn't it? But I don't think I don't think they were worried about international relations and stuff. I think they're worried about uh, some other kind of relations. So <laughs> I think I've said enough. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> Do you like the use of the word boffing? Oh my god! Yeah, it, it's so. funny though. It's funny. Like you know, I actually read Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, autobiography, and I don't know if anyone knows this, but Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, you know, is an actor. If you didn't know this, oh my uh, god! <laughs> but um, he he was very successful, and then became a politician, and then unfortunately his marriage to Maria Shriver went out the window because he'd slept with his um, his, his housekeeper. And he'd that. done this years ago. I oh, didn't know this. So he did this years ago. And what's even worse was that they had a kid through her. But I don't think even he oh. knew about having the kid until the kid started looking like him. And then when he started realizing it was his kid, he started yeah. to sort of bring the kid and and the and you know the mistress to you know family events and turn up to the the christening and you know give him presents and all that kind of stuff, knowing that this is his child. And actually, it got to a point where even Maria Shriver knew that hang on, this kid looks a lot like you, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> oh, and wow. um, the marriage broke apart, you know, obviously yeah. because of what happened. And, you know, it, from, you know, we don't obviously know what's really going on, but from the Instagram posts and stuff, he seems to, you know, look after the, 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 the young lad that he, he's fathered uh, quite, you know, from what we can see quite nicely. But in his book, he talks, he talks quite openly about it. And it's a very interesting book because it is about, you know, if you take that out of it, you're talking about a guy who's so driven and so geared towards his goal that like, even if it was crazy, he went for it. And, and you know, a lot of the dreams he came out, he came out with and spewed out over the years, mm. he did, which is, you've got to take a step back and say, listen, mate, you're, you're a bit of a hero for doing what you did. But he's very open. He's like, I have no idea why men in power do this. Like you will look through history and you will see multiple men in power who will fall, you know, b because of a mistress or because of because of this sort of situation. And he doesn't and he, he tries to explain, he doesn't really explain it. But he just says, like, he gets it now because he's been there. And I get I wonder whether it's something that maybe we won't understand unless you're in that situation, because. You know, thankfully, I'm not in the situation where I'm I'm in a room and you know they're gonna they're, people are gonna try it with me and stuff like that because I'm some sort of famous actor actress and all that. And so I wonder whether this Matt Hancock thing on he's he's like an already looking bloke, ordinary looking bloke, isn't he? There's nothing that special about him, but he's man Matt Hancock with a lot of power. Does that change things? Does that suddenly make you know the the sea of temptation bigger? You know, he he's not the most attractive dude in the world. How on earth did he At manage all. it? He's gross. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And he, and he managed he it. it. I mean, <laughs> he did it because he could. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. he did it because he could. And people went for him because he's powerful. Yeah. You know, I mean, how do you have the energy? I just don't know. But like, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just like you're just appointing two women instead of one. But like, uh, mm. I think I, I, I couldn't get over the fact that I don't think anyone in the history like would ever have. That's probably the only time that would ever happen where Matt Hancock would be compared 
with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's literally the only, that's the only thing they'll ever have in common, ever. Nobody will ever yeah. make that comparison ever yeah, again. There you go. There you go. I mean, yeah, you have to come to this podcast to have that. But we have a new health secretary, don't we, Through We've got oh, a new yeah. guy, a newbie, someone we've never heard of before. Yeah, well, or that's the thing. We? You know, I was really upset when I found out that he'd become health secretary because I was like, oh, no, it's like a, a bold guy in healthcare. So therefore, like, I'm going to get compared to him. Because before it was Rishi Sunak. But everyone would be like, yeah, but, you know, I don't have hair. Whereas now, like, it might happen and that upsets me the most. So, like, literally when I saw him, I was like, oh, God, I can see it coming. Because, like, literally I just get mistaken for bold. <laughs> brown guys all the time. I'm like, he's only a matter of time. And I'm like, oh, so okay. this, this is so, personal. This is personal. It's, pers- you, it's deeply it? personal, personal for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, like any out of any of the Tories, I guess he's probably the best of a bad bunch. But, uh, <laughs> oh, like, God. and it's just, uh, what, what can I say? What? Yeah. Do, do, I don't do you like know. him? I mean, do you like his? No, I mean, look, I don't know very much about him. I mean, from from my from seeing a little bit about him, he's just another one, just another Tory, isn't he? He's just another yeah. Tory, and it's going to be the same. Like people are expecting change, but nothing's going to change. It's the same old. They're all they're all kind of doing the same thing as each other. You know, you, you got you got um, you know Matt Hancock, and then this Jeremy Hunt, yeah, Jeremy. All these guys, they're all doing the same thing. If you if you're really going to sit there and think things are going to change and PP is going to be different and contracts going to go differently, I feel like. You having a laugh because as long as as long as people are in power and they've got those temptations of power and money uh, and we yeah. we continue to we continue to vote these kind of people in uh yeah. you know you know like you know I'm not that I get particularly political but um with Jeremy Corbyn right like that was probably the first time and obviously I don't know much more than what we see but that was the first time in a long time I felt as though there was someone who had some integrity because during that election process people tried, kept trying to push him to say that are you going to push a nuclear button if you have to and he kept not saying yes and it would, it would have been very easy for him to say yes and just appease the people that wanted him to be like I'm going to press that button but he continually said no if you're going to do something like that, that's a very difficult thing to do and you've got to think about what you're doing we're talking about people's lives you you know, if you're going to press a nuclear button, you're not pressing a nuclear button. You're you're killing people, and that's. And I really rated. That was the first time in a long time I'd seen anyone in such a public space, in a, in a political forum anyway, be you know show some real integrity. But when you've got these guys, I don't, I don't feel like I've seen that. You know, and and the, and the, the thing is, we're voting these people in, so we're not looking for those things either in in the people that we're voting in. So we're only going to get more of the same, I think. And they're going to play to the same people that they've played to before. They're going to keep getting the voting votes in. They're still going to throw out a massive hyperbole to to get the votes in. I don't think things are going to change, um, unfortunately, uh, anytime I think, soon. Oh God! I mean, that sounds depressing. I think there there are cycles, and uh, I think within when when you kind of get this kind of dearth of like talent. You, you do suddenly see kind of like um, kind of healthy shoots shoots. Um, mm. I, there are people out there like uh, I mean, obviously we had Hannah from the Women's Equality Party, and there are mm. people from the Green Green Party, and even within the Labour Party, I guess if we're going to talk about them, um, mm. there's Dawn but- Dawn Butler is awesome, uh, Rosina mm. Allen Khan, she's awesome. I think there are you know there are people out there who um, I think may represent a, re- a brighter future. But yeah, as, mm. I mean, like, uh, yeah, Tories, I mean, they, they all kind of sing from the same hymn sheet. The funny thing is, I, uh, uh, the thing that always kind of gets me is like, you know, like Jeremy Hunt more recently has done some sound bites where people are like, oh my God, I'm actually agreeing with Jer- what Jeremy Hunt's saying. Maybe he's not such a bad guy after all. I'm like, <laughs> mate, he'll say whatever he wants to get to get you to vote for him. He'll say whatever, he'll, don't give, <laughs> don't be false. And it's like, you know, when you when you have a mate who's going out with someone who you're like, oh no, no, they're horrible. And, you're, and then, but they just don't see it. And you're like, no, no, yeah. please, don't, don't, don't 
vote for that one now. And like it happened with, do you remember Boris Johnson's sister? Like before the election, I think she kind of came out with some stuff about him, basically saying, oh yeah, you know, he does involve, he is, is a bit kind of like racisty and he is a bit mm. dogmatistly. And then recently, like she signed up to that new uh, channel, which was like, oh, what's it good, more, uh, great, that kind of slightly Fox News type kind of UK Wait, channel. Is it GBBs, they're calling it GBBs. Yeah, yeah. GBBs? Yeah. No, that's for children. <laughs> no, that's CBBs. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that, ho- that kind of Fox yeah, News yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. And she's mm. and she's like gone full the other way, like oh, Boris Johnson's amazing. Like these guys, mm. they'll say whatever they want, so that they, they'll get their foot in the door, and then you can't get rid of them. You can't get the Tories out. It's really tough. Mm. So like you know, just don't listen to anything they say. They're horrible. <laughs> but you, you know what? You're going to be surprised about something here, Thrusha. I'm not going to say I voted for them. That's not what happened. Oh. But I went to I went to a conference, and it was an oncology conference once, and um, the it was around election time. And uh, they they did this kind of fun thing like, you know, you're pressing these buttons voting for things. And then the guy, you know, in the middle of his lecture said, hey, you know, I, I know this doesn't count for much, but let's just do a quick vote. Who's everyone voting for? And in the room of consultants, the overwhelming majority were voting Tory. Can you believe yeah. it? And I sat there thinking, really? I was surprised. And then, you know, now, now I'm being a consultant. I'm not saying I, I haven't, so don't start hating on me. But you can see the advantages that that, that you know having them in power has if you're running a business on any oh, sort yeah. of level, and if you're trying to make it in any sort of like businessy level. And I do wonder whether there is that transition between like you know this is what I've told you before, Thrusha. Like you, when you're a reg and when you're a junior doctor, you only make so much. But then when you become a consultant, it's like the more you sit down and work, the more you make, right? And then you, you start to get hit with all these questions about, but where's that money going? Where are you going to put that money? Are you going to put an LTD? Are you going to be paying tax? How much tax are you going to pay? And then you start thinking, oh, okay, well, I've got to think about these things. I never thought about that before. And then when election comes around, you suddenly, you know, these things start coming apparent. Like, oh, really? So they're going to charge that much corporation tax, are they? Well, that could have implications on me, couldn't it? And it starts to play with your mind. Like, oh, okay, well, all right, hang on. I don't really like them. Maybe am I voting for them? I shouldn't be voting for them because I don't like all the other stuff they're going to do. So what if it? So I can see like how you know people's allegiances may change when it starts to really affect their own life, like a bit in a, in a big way. You know, I'm just saying it's something to think about. Yeah. I think it goes to show, though, how kind of the Tories have kind of framed themselves as this kind of like uh, as this party that is good with money, good with the nation's money. Because I don't, mm, I don't yeah, right. I think, yeah. I, think, I think people, buy, <laughs> I think people buy into that and they think it's better for business. But actually, they're better for their mates. And yeah, you know, the people that they do save money to are, are kind of big. Corp- they're big corporations, not the kind mm. of like. Uh, I don't think actually consultants are as well looked after by the Conservatives as as the as the Tories have led people to believe. And certainly, like if you look at the kind of policies of like austerity and stuff it hasn't uh, hasn't benefited uh, healthcare consultants included but they have they have played an amazing game of framing themselves as uh, as that and um, I guess I'm not altogether surprised I mean like I remember being a little bit drunk and going to a party with, with doctors you were there actually and uh, uh, being mm. a bit surprised yeah, and being a bit, I was too wasted though. Uh, I'd come from another fight. <laughs> and basically, uh, a, a good friend of ours and his wife started talking about kind of like uh, what's it called inheritance tax and stuff. And I was, mm. I was just like, I can barely fall up. But I remember being like, oh, no. oh. I mean, you know, just okay, man. You know, people vote for what they vote for, right? But mm. um, I think the uh, yeah, go on. Well, I mean, I guess my point is like there is a point where you know I'd like to think that when I vote, I vote, I vote thinking about it for the greater good. But it's not about me. I'm not talking about me and what I get up. That's not the point. But I'm just saying that you know 
people will sometimes vote for what works for them and their best interests, mm. right? And sure. if, let's say, for example, I'm not saying this is the case, but if the Tories, voting for the Tories actually works for you personally in that you may take home more, you may get taxed less in you know the private work that you get up doing, then you can see why there may be some healthcare professionals that will end up voting for that or how their allegiances can suddenly change from you know being a junior doctor thinking, look, you know what, I don't like the Tories, I don't like these guys, I don't like these guys, and suddenly you're talking about an extra 10% tax at the end of the year on what you make. And then you've got to start asking questions like, okay, so am I more worried about the 10% tax that I'm going to get paid, you know, or more than that, if I vote for these other guys, or am I worried about the bigger picture? And I just, um, I've seen that, I'm, I'm saying this from experience, I've seen that transition happen with people, where that, you know, as a registrar, they're really, really nice. And then as a consultant, they suddenly become something else or, you know, something happens and they, they've either got consultantitis or something and they start throwing their weight around. They're not being nice anymore. They're not being like the team player they said they were or were all that time. And then all of a sudden they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of changing their, their, the way they work because it kind of benefits them in a certain other way to be able to get other things that they're trying to get to, which has maybe been the longer game or something that's happened very recently. And I just think that um, it's interesting, uh, you know, to see uh, that transition and you know yeah, maybe definitely. have some honest conversations with your consultant and see what they really think maybe they'll be embarrassed to tell you what they're really doing but it is interesting when you have an honest conversation with people like what what worries them what are they really thinking about when it comes to who they're voting for it's true i mean it's it, it, it's true it's kind of like when you put people onto blood pressure medications because essentially when you do that there's kind of risks to side effects which are kind of mm. like an imminent imminent concern and then mm. also they don't necessarily feel any different and you're like saying look further down the line it'll prevent you from having like heart attacks or strokes or whatever mm. but at this moment mm. in time they're like that's what they're worried about even though mm. actually when you look at certain policies i think uh if you ele if you elevate kind of other people, um, mm. you actually make the environment better for yourself. But yes, mm. like uh, it might mean that you pay more taxes in certain ways. I don't think it's necessarily the case. But like uh, I think um, it is more of a challenging conversation. Whereas mm. yes, on the face of it, like yes, the the disadvantages imme immediately probably seem worse. Well, I mean, look, uh, we've spoken about this before, like we, we both clearly feel the same way about children not getting the same opportunities as one another, right? But the way the, the education system works in this country is that it's almost chalk and cheese, the difference between like going to a private school and not going to private school. And we, we both went to private school and we know that. Like we know the difference there is. I mean, you know, we turn up to a school with, you know, like a proper fully, fully kitted out gym, javelins, discuses, uh, a foot, you know, what we had like, you know, four, four or five rugby pitches. You know, we had, we had astroturfs, three of them, you know, at least, you know, the, the reason why you went there is not because a local school around the corner was any like, you know, as good, right? You went, you went to the same school that I did because it had those facilities. There is a difference between the two schools, right? Whether sure. you want to admit it or not, it's true. Like we went there yeah, yeah, and we yeah, saw what it had. You know? That's not. I don't think we disagree on that. I think the thing is, though, your answer is basically because capitalism. Like it's you're like your answer is like it's the way it is because it's it's the way it is. But I, well, my argument is it doesn't have to be that way. No, I, and I don't think capitalism has to be the way it is. I think there oh, is a, there is such thing as a, a conscious capitalism that could exist where you know you can you can strive to make money you can strive to do well for yourself but you you've got a like a conscious to each to yourself where you're actually doing something good with your time as well not just you know like how much do i, I don't know like i just find it hard to believe that how much people do really how much people do really need once they get to a certain point you know yeah, like, true. when you got these millionaires 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 and they're they're, yeah, they're they're employing like you know 
accountants to shave shave a little bit off. He's like, well, yeah. why, bro? Like, why? You know? Careful! It's starting to sound a bit socialist. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you've been you've been following Tarek. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just trying to give different points of view and just yeah, say, awesome. just like commenting on the things that I've seen. And as yeah. and as always, you know, as I've been told, uh, honest even to my own detriment. Even if it hurts me, I'll be as honest as I can. Um, but anyway, it's. I think it's been a, a crazy, crazy week, and hopefully we've been able to. Um, it's, it's tough, isn't it, to do this these kind of subjects subjects justice. You know, they're all, they're too big for us us two bozos, but uh, we do our best, don't we? <laughs> I know we need to get more guests on to school us on, on how things work, right? Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so hopefully um, we've been able to um, do some some of the last week's things, Justin. It'd be amazing to see what happens over the next few weeks, and we're back again uh, on Monday with a new episode. Um, and maybe we'll do more addendum episodes if if something like this happens again. I mean, this was a big week. Medwitter made a difference and we have a new health secretary so that's what radiologists like to do right addendums I don't but uh, I have to do oh. it sometimes a few times maybe more often than I want to yeah anyway that's life <laughs> <laughs> cool all right well, hope everyone has a great week and uh, we'll yeah. speak to you guys soon yeah thanks all right. for listening again cheers bye this addendum episode was brought to you by Dr Imran Naskar and Tarusha Gudwana thank you for listening <laughs>